trying to learn Spanish? Start speaking Spanish from your very first lesson with fast, easy audio and video lessons by real teachers. Sign up for your free lifetime account at SpanishPod101.com. Hi everyone, this is Rosa. Today we'll be doing the 15 questions you should know in Spanish. So let's begin. ¿Cómo estás? How are you? ¿Cómo estás? Which is, how are you? ¿Cómo estáis? Are you fine? <laughs> so, for example, when you meet a friend, you would say, Hola, ¿cómo estás? I think you can use it with almost everyone. Like, it's not like super informal or anything, so... ¿Cómo te llamas? What's your name? ¿Cómo te llamas? What's your name? Mi nombre es Rosa. My name is Rosa. What's your name? Tell me. Are you Bob? <laughs> or maybe... Christine? ¿Cuál es tu número de teléfono? What's your phone number? The next question is, ¿cuál es tu número de teléfono? What's your telephone number? My telephone number is 621. In Spain, the telephone code, my country code is 34. ¿Cuándo es tu cumpleaños? When is your birthday? ¿Cuándo es tu cumpleaños? When is your birthday? So, mi cumpleaños es el 21 de noviembre. My birthday is the 21st of November. When is yours? Tell me. <laughs> I'm going to guess when your birthday is. So maybe the 2nd of May? ¿Qué tipo de música te gusta? What type of music do you like? ¿Qué tipo de música te gusta? What type of music do you like? So do you like pop? Rock? Hip hop? Uh, R&B? Uh, reggae? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. ¿De dónde eres? Where are you from? ¿De dónde eres? Where are you from? Yo soy de España. And so tell me where you're from. Maybe you're from Italy or from the United States. ¿Dónde aprendiste español? Where did you learn Spanish? ¿Dónde aprendiste español? Where did you learn Spanish? I learned Spanish at home. Where did you learn it? Maybe at a class or with these videos, maybe? ¿Dónde está el baño? Where is the bathroom? ¿Dónde está el baño? Uh, where is the toilet? So, for example, when you are at the restaurant and you want to go to the toilet, you can ask the waiter, ¿Dónde está el baño? And yeah, he will tell you. ¿Dónde trabajas? Where do you work? The next question is, ¿Dónde trabajas? Which is, where do you work? Do you work in a company? Or maybe you are a freelancer? For example, I don't know, if you are at a party and you meet someone... ¿Dónde trabajas? ¿Cuáles son tus aficiones? What are your hobbies? ¿Cuáles son tus aficiones? Which is, what are your hobbies? You like traveling, reading, taking photos, drawing, watching films, cooking... <laughs> ¿Durante cuánto tiempo has estudiado español? How long have you been studying Spanish? The next question is, ¿Durante cuánto tiempo has estudiado español? For how long have you been studying Spanish? It's a long process, but it would be worth it. ¿Has estado en España? Have you been to Spain? So the next question is, ¿Has estado en España? Have you been to Spain? And if so, where have you been to? Don't forget to go to the south of Spain. It's very beautiful. <laughs> ¿Qué es esto? What's this? ¿Qué es esto? What is this? So, yeah, you can just point at something and ask another person. ¿Qué es esto? 
¿Qué es esto? ¿Qué es esto? ¿Qué es esto? ¿Can you guess? <laughs> ¿Qué has dicho? What did you say? ¿Qué has dicho? Which is, what did you say? When you didn't understand well what another person said, you can tell them, ¿qué has dicho? ¿Te gusta la comida española? Do you like Spanish food? ¿Te gusta la comida española? Do you like Spanish food? So, do you like Spanish omelets? Or what else can you like? Do you like gazpacho? So, yeah, this is the end of today's 15 questions you should know in Spanish. So I hope it was useful for you. And thank you very much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Hello, everyone. I'm Rosa. And today we'll be doing the 10 hardest words to pronounce in Spanish. So let's begin. Frigorífico, refrigerator. Frigorífico, which means refrigerator. Cuando el frigorífico se estropeó, tuvimos que tirar mucha comida. When the refrigerator broke down, we had to throw away a lot of food. Correr, run. Me gustaría algún día correr una maratón. I would like to someday run a marathon. Espantapájaros, scarecrow. Me gusta cuando la gente viste a los espantapájaros como si fueran personas. I like when people dress up scarecrows as if they were people. Exquisito, delicious. Eh, fuimos a un restaurante muy caro y toda la comida era exquisita. Eh, we went to a very fancy restaurant and all the food was very delicious. Idiosincrasia, idiosincrasy. The next word is idiosincrasia, which means idiosincrasy. Una de sus idiosincrasias es lavarse las manos cada hora. One of his idiosincrasies is washing his hands every hour. Perro, dog. Cuando era pequeña tenía miedo de los perros. When I was a child, I was scared of dogs. Niño, child. Cuando era niño se portaba muy mal con los otros niños. Eh, when he was a child, he was very bad to the other children. Paraguas, umbrella. The next word is paraguas, which means umbrella. Siempre me olvido el paraguas en los sitios. I always forget my umbrella at places. Pelo, hair. The next word is pelo, which means hair. Me corté el pelo hace poco. I cut my hair recently. Pingüino, penguin. The next word is pingüino, which means penguin. Me gusta la forma de andar de los pingüinos. I like how penguins walk. So this is the end of today's 10 hardest words to pronounce in Spanish. I hope you learned something and thank you very much for watching this video. Please don't forget to subscribe. Bye! Pinguino again. <laughs> Pinguinos. In this lesson, we are going to learn how to apologize or say excuse me in Spanish. The basic phrase for excuse me is disculpe. Disculpe. We should use disculpe in formal situations, like when we are ordering something at a restaurant. For example, disculpe. Un café, por favor. Excuse me, a coffee, please. We can also use it when asking a question. Disculpe, ¿dónde está el baño? Excuse me, where is the restroom? Another way to say excuse me is perdón. Perdón. Just like disculpe, we can use perdón when asking a question or when apologizing. Both of these phrases can be used for either excuse me or I'm sorry. 
But if you really want to apologize for something, it might be better to use a different phrase. That phrase is lo siento. It means I'm sorry, and it can be used in both formal and informal situations. Lo siento. Unlike the others, lo siento only has the meaning of I'm sorry and not excuse me. Now it's time for Lucia's insights. Please remember that if we accidentally bump into someone on the street, we don't usually say I'm sorry, lo siento. Instead, we say excuse me, disculpe or perdón. Hasta la próxima, see you soon. Hi everybody, Rosa here. Welcome to Ask a Teacher, where I'll answer some of your most common Spanish questions. The question for this lesson is, when are the prepositions por and para used? The prepositions por and para are a little difficult for Spanish <laughs> learners because both are used in similar contexts and have similar meanings. In English, the prepositions por and para are frequently translated as for, by and to. Let's go over por and para so you can learn how to use them correctly. Por comes from the Latin word pro, meaning for, while para is formed from the combination of the Latin prepositions pro and ad, which mean for and to respectively. Por is frequently used to express a cause, such as viajo por placer, meaning I travel for pleasure, a place, such as camino por la calle, meaning I walk down the street, a period of time, por las mañanas voy a la universidad, in the morning I go to college, a medium, te enviaré el paquete por mensajero, I'll send the package by courier, a substitution or equivalence, haré los deberes por ti, I will do the tasks for you, and passive voice. El almuerzo fue preparado por mi madre. Lunch was prepared by my mother. Para is used for. Utility. Estas zapatillas son para correr. Meaning, these shoes are for running. Direction. Voy para Europa en vacaciones. I'm going to Europe on vacation. Here, it can be replaced by con destino a which means bound for. Time limitation. Son 10 para las 5. It's 10 minutes to 5. Here, the difference is that we use para when time is fixed or when there's a deadline. Opinion. Para mí, que perderán el juego. I think that they will lose the game. Literally, for me, that they will lose the game. And goal or destination, to where or to whom it goes, as in saldré a caminar para respirar aire fresco, meaning I will go for a walk to get some fresh air. Here the goal is to get fresh air. The most challenging point may be to identify when to use por instead of para. Just keep in mind that por is used more frequently to talk about a medium to do something, as in, te llamaré por teléfono, I will call you by phone. Another common usage is to refer to something unspecific, either time or place. For example, estoy por tu casa, meaning, 
I'm around close to your house. Or, llegaré por la tarde, meaning, I will arrive around the afternoon. Para, on the other hand, is more often used to talk about the purpose or destination of something. As in, este libro es para la clase, meaning, this book is for the class. Or, voy para tu casa, meaning, I'm going to or in direction to your house. How was this lesson? Pretty interesting, right? Do you have any more questions? Leave them in the comments below and I'll try to answer them. Hasta luego, see you later. Hello everybody, Rosa here. Welcome to As a Teacher, where I'll answer some of your most common Spanish questions. The question for this lesson is, how can you tell if a noun is masculine or feminine? In Spanish, every noun has a gender. That applies to plural nouns too. Other Romance languages have masculine and feminine nouns too. It's a trait that comes from Latin, and the gender can depend on its origin in an older Latin word. English doesn't have masculine or feminine nouns, so the easiest way to tell the gender of a noun is to take a look at the last letter of a noun. The general rule is that if a noun ends in A, it is feminine. For example, la manzana, the apple, la ventana, the window, and la casa, the house. Nouns that end in O are generally masculine. For example, el horno, the oven, el perro, the dog, and el libro, the book. The only thing is, there are a lot of exceptions. For example, eh, el mapa, which is the map, even though it ends in A, it is masculine. And el día, meaning the day, which is also masculine. Some other examples are la foto, meaning the photo, which is feminine even though it ends in a no, and la mano, the hand, which is also feminine. Because there are so many exceptions, it's best to learn the nouns with their articles. Uh, these are B and A in English. For Spanish, it would be L or UN in mas for masculine words, and LA or UNA for feminine words. However, O and A are not the only indicators for masculine and feminine words. Here are a few others. Nouns that end in E, ma or an accented vowel such as I are often masculine. For example, el perfume, the perfume, el programa, the program, el colibrí, the hummingbird, are all masculine. On the other hand, nouns that end in D, Z or yon are normally feminine. For example, la felicidad, the happiness, la nariz, the nose, and la religión, the religion, are feminine. It's important to remember what gender a noun is because it sometimes influences other parts of the sentence. They modify. Adjectives in particular change their spelling according to the gender of the nouns they modify. It goes a bit like this. A notebook, un cuaderno, is masculine. So to say a red notebook, you could say, un cuaderno rojo. An apple, una manzana, is feminine. So, a red apple could be una manzana roja, 
with rojo changing to roja, ending with an A. I hope that answers the questions. If I hope that answers the questions. If you have any more questions, please let them in the comments below, and I'll try to answer them. Hasta luego. Hi everyone, I'm Rosa, and today we'll be doing the 10 phrases you always want to hear in Spanish. So let's begin. El presupuesto es ilimitado. The budget is unlimited. For example, if you are at a fancy restaurant and the other person tells you the budget is unlimited. El presupuesto es ilimitado. You can eat all you want. Yay! Eres una excelente cocinera. You are an excellent cook. It always feels nice to know that you can do like tasty things. Habrá un extra al final de mes, which means there will be a bonus at the end of the month. Sounds great! <laughs> Te echo de menos. I miss you. I haven't met you, but I miss you already. <laughs> Te traje algo especial. I brought you something special. What could it be? Ta -tun, ta -tun. Te ves muy bien hoy. You look great today. You look great today. All of you. <laughs> yes, you. Tenías razón. You were right. It always feels good to be right. Yeah. Y tú ganas, which means, and you win. And what is it that I win? Te quiero, which means I love you. Well, in my case, I love the viewers that leave me nice comments. Eres tan inteligente, which is you are so smart. This is the end of today's 10 phrases you always want to hear in Spanish. Uh, I hope you like them. And thank you very much for watching. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Eres una persona creativa. You are a creative person. One of the compliments I like to hear the most. Oh no, please. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Rosa and today we'll be doing the 10 phrases you never want to hear in Spanish. So let's begin. Estás despedido? You are fired. <laughs> no. Estoy despedido. Why? Perdón, lo olvidé. Sorry, I forgot. Not very nice to hear one day, like, yeah, forget, like, some special dates. Make sure not to forget next time. Te lo dije. I told you so. I hate to hear that, especially from my mother. Te lo dije. I told you so. And yeah. ¿Has ganado peso últimamente? Have you gained weight recently? I think like especially older people like tell you that. Like they don't think it's like a bad thing to say. Like they just say so naturally. Like, have you gained weight? Deberíamos ver a otras personas. We should see other people. Oh, breaks my heart. <laughs> Gracias por tu currículum, aunque el puesto ya está adjudicado. Uh, thank you for your resume. However, the position has been filled. Oh, you just have to look for another job then. It will be fine next time. <laughs> Good luck. No eres tú, soy yo. It is not you, it's me. Yeah, they always say that, but it is you. It is really you. <laughs> they are lying. <laughs> no tengo tu dinero. Uh, I don't have your money today. Maybe tomorrow they won't have either. I don't know. No. So as soon as you have the money, just return it. Give me back my money. Dun, dun, dun. Tenemos que hablar. We need to talk. That always means something bad is going to happen, I guess. ¿Por qué no puedes hacer esto? Why can't you do this? Everyone has their own like skills. Um, some people are better at something and some 
and other people are better at other things, so yeah. So this is the end of today's 10 phrases you never want to hear in Spanish. Uh, I hope they don't tell you these phrases very often. And I don't know, thank you for watching and don't forget to subscribe. Bye. <laughs>
Once again, it's much simpler to form questions in Spanish than it is in English. There's actually a variety of different methods of forming a question in Spanish. Let's go through some of them. Will seem a little strange if we ask our own selves a question in Spanish. So let's introduce a new subject. Let's go with Juan, a very typical Spanish name. So instead of I read books, we now have Juan reads books. Juan lee libros. The simplest way we can turn that statement into a question is by just raising our intonation at the end of the sentence. Juan lee libros? Meaning, does Juan read books? In conversation, we just need to raise the intonation at the end to express that it's a question. In writing, however, we have to include the question mark at the end, just like in English. But unlike English, questions in Spanish are marked with an inverted question mark at the beginning of the question as well. Juan lee libros? Another simple way we can turn a statement into a question is by adding a question tag at the end of a sentence. One question tag in English, for example, is, right? Something something statement, right? It works in exactly the same way in Spanish. Juan lee libros, no? Juan reads books, doesn't he? The final way to make a sentence in Spanish is to actually switch the verb and the subject. So statements in Spanish would normally be SVO, but to formulate a question, it'll be VSO. The verb and subject are switched. Lee Juan libros? Meaning, does Juan read books? All of these questions mean the same thing, but they're not completely identical. There are tiny nuances that go along with the method you use to formulate a question. The first and last examples appear to have exactly the same meaning, but Juan lee libros places a greater emphasis on Juan because the subject appears first in the sentence, as opposed to lee Juan libros, where the emphasis is on the verb. As you can see, there are many ways to form basic questions in Spanish. In this lesson, you learned about the word order of Spanish, how to form affirmative and negative sentences, about the omission of the subject, and how to form questions. Hi everybody, I'm Rosa. Welcome to As a Teacher, where I'll answer some of your most common Spanish questions. The question for this lesson is, what are the main differences between Spanish from Spain, Latin America, and the Caribbean? Spanish is one of the world's most widely spoken languages. It's the official language in 19 countries, as well as in Puerto Rico. It's so widespread because of Spanish colonial history. During the colonial period, Spanish mixed with native regional languages, and that's why Spanish is so different around the world. There's no standard Spanish dialect, only regional dialects. So it's common for Spanish learners to run into different kinds of Spanish, especially in terms of pronunciation. In the US, Latin American Spanish is what's most commonly taught in schools. It's spoken in most of Central America and South America, including Mexico, and excluding Argentina, Brazil, Suriname, French Guiana, and Guyana. Latin American Spanish has strong R's and a relatively clean pronunciation. Words are pronounced mostly as they are written. Here are just a few regional varieties of Latin American Spanish. Caribbean Spanish often drops S's at the end of the words, making it sound a lot faster than Spanish from other countries. Mexican Spanish takes a lot of vocabulary from the indigenous language Nahuatl. You may be familiar with the word chocolate, which comes from the word chocolate in Nahuatl. Also, the double L in Mexico has a Y sound, so my name is Ricardo, is me llamo Ricardo. 
Colombian, Ecuadorian, Spanish is a mixture of Caribbean, Spanish and coastal Spanish. Uh, here the double L uh, usually sounds like a J, uh, like uh, me llamo Ricardo. Argentinian Spanish is, a, is in a category by itself. It's very different from the Spanish spoken in the rest of Latin American countries. It has some indigenous Guarani vocabulary, but also French and Italian immigrants uh, strongly influence this dialect. An interesting fact about Argentinian Spanish is that Argentinian slang called Lunfardo was originally a made-up prison language. Prisoners, mostly Italian, used it so guards couldn't understand what they were saying. And now Lunfardo words are used all over Argentina. Argentinian Spanish also uses vos, eh, the formal you address, instead of tu, the more common informal address in Latin America. Eh, the double L is pronounced like a J or ZH, like in me llamo Ricardo. Spanish in Spain is called Castilian Spanish. Some pronunciations are very different than the other kinds of Spanish we've already mentioned. The double L is pronounced differently depending on the region within Spain. The Latin American CC is pronounced with a TH and sound like C, C. For example, gracias, meaning thank you, is pronounced uh, gracias in Latin American Spanish and gracias in Castilian Spanish. Another major difference is that Castilian Spanish often uses the plural form vosotros instead of uh, the form ustedes, which is used in Latin America. Pretty fascinating, isn't it? If you have any other questions, leave a comment and I'll try to answer them. Ciao! Hi everyone, this is Rosa and today I'll be teaching you 15 ways to remember words and these ways were submitted by fans, so let's start! A menudo veo vídeos en la televisión o YouTube que están diseñados para los niños pequeños. I often watch TV or YouTube videos that are designed for young children. Yeah, I think it's a really good way. Like, also when I want to learn a new language, like, I watch some cartoons because they are always easier and I think that really helps. Aprendo sobre las raíces de las palabras y cómo las diferentes palabras se relacionan entre sí. I learned about the roots of words and how different words are related to each other. Yeah, I think it might make easier if you know why the words are formed like that. So if you know that, you can then like form, know how to form the words and it, everything gets easier. <laughs> Asocio nuevas palabras con historias, juegos o películas. I associate new words with stories, games or movies. It's always a good way to remember, like to associate things like these mnemotechnical, I don't know, strategies. Like, for example, to remember kanji in Japanese, there are some books that relate like each ideogram with like a kind of story. So then you remember the meaning and everything. And it's quite useful. It works. Asocio nuevas palabras con palabras que suenan similares en mi idioma natal. I associate new words with words that sound similar in my native language. This might work for some languages, but I don't know if this works for all of them. For example, Spanish and English, I think that would work. Asocio palabras con dibujos, fotos y escenas divertidas. I associate words with drawings, pictures and funny scenes. 
So yeah, th I think this is more appropriate for what I said before, like the kanji. Some of them you can kind of infer what they are, like what they mean. Like if you have like a drawing, like they are similar to what they mean. So uh, I guess that. Clasifico nuevas palabras con otras palabras relacionadas que ya conozco. I categorize new words with other related words that I already know. Yeah, I think it makes it easier if you can, always if you can kind of classify and order things. Escucho canciones y me aprendo las letras. I listen to songs and memorize the lyrics. I think this is a really good way also. It's a way that you enjoy, like you like this, to listen to these songs and everything. So I think it comes to you like easier. You're not doing that much of an effort maybe, like, because you're having fun. Hablo tan a menudo como sea posible con los nativos del idioma. I speak as often as possible with native speakers. Mm, yeah, I think this is the best thing you can do. I mean, you can like read as many books as you want and listen to films or songs or everything, but to really learn a language, like you need to like speak it with native people. Leyendo lo más posible, en especial el periódico, me ayuda a recordar palabras. Reading as much as possible, especially the newspaper, helps me to remember words. Like if you see the same word like used a lot of times, like you get to remember that more easily than if you just have a, like a list of words and try to memorize every of them. And also you are seeing these words in a context, so you know how to use them and how yeah, they are used by the people. So. Hmm. Soy persistente en la práctica diaria hablando con mi familia o con mis perros, a pesar de que no me entienden. I am persistent in practicing every day by talking to my family or my dogs, even though they don't understand me. Why not? <laughs> well, you can also talk to yourself, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's very important to be constant. I think it's like the most important point, like, you have to be constant to learn a language. You just cannot study it for a week and then, okay, the next month I will study a bit more. Like, you have to be constant. Trato de usar el lenguaje de forma cotidiana en el contexto de la vida cotidiana. I try to use the language routinely in the context of daily life. It's important to try to use it as much as you can, I guess. Because sometimes you have to adapt the, the language depending on their situation, depending on who you are talking to. Or, so it's important to know how you really use the language in your, your daily life, like how it changes. Um, like not learning just by, from some book, but learning it in like practicing in your day-to-day -day life. Yo uso la repetición, leyendo, escribiendo y hablando las palabras una y otra vez. I use repetition, reading, writing and speaking words over and over again. Mm. I used to do that. The only problem is that I normally forget like pretty quickly after that, but well, maybe there are some people that... Well, I guess if you do that in a constant way, like it's not like you repeat these words one day and then don't do that after that. Maybe if you do... Yeah, if you go back to these words, like it can help you. I think it can be a good way then. Yo digo palabras en voz alta para poder realmente escucharlas. I say words out loud so that I can actually hear them. It's very important because sometimes we don't say them out loud and then we are kind of afraid to pronounce it. We don't really know how to do it, so it's nice to know 
even if you can like record yourself with a mic or something so you can hear yourself talking and you can know like whether you are pronouncing it right or not. Yo intento pensar en español para que se incorpore naturalmente a mi proceso de pensamiento. I try to think in Spanish so it becomes natural to my thought process. Mm, well, it's fine, it's like you're using Spanish in, during your day, so like if you're thinking in Spanish, you are also thinking in ways you can form new sentences and use the words you learn. So yeah, I think it's a good way. Like if you don't have anyone to talk to in Spanish, it can also be nice to try to like talk to yourself and make your sentences. And Usar tarjetas, use flashcards. I have like some apps in my mobile phone, so especially to learn Japanese, um, it's really helpful. Like um, they show you new words and the translation. Um, then you get these flashcards repeated, and depending on whether you are answering them right or not, like they show you these cards more often or not. So yeah, I think it really helps to memorize words. So this is the end of today's 15 ways to remember words uh, submitted by fans. Uh, I hope you liked it. If you have some any other ways to memorize words, uh, please tell us. And thank you for watching. Please don't forget to subscribe. Bye.